You know, it was several years ago, Rick Joyner said, within 10 years, he said, the church will not look the same. So that's kind of what was said a while ago. Confirmation of that. Why? Because we're the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is being exchanged into the very image of Christ. So why should it look the same? We're being called to be conformed to the image of his son. That's why the Holy Spirit came. Oh, good. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your love today. We thank you, Father, that you've given us of everything that you have. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I want to talk to you about the Abrahamic covenant. It is a covenant of God's love. It is a covenant of God's love. You know, I was looking here in Genesis, and, and when he was talking about, uh, when he was Genesis uh, 17, he was 90 years old when God appeared to Abram and said to him, I'm, already, I'm all, Almighty God, walk before me and be perfect, and I will make a covenant between you and me, and I'll multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God said, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham, a father of many nations. And uh, he changed Sarah's name from Sarah to Sarah. Uh, you know, the thing that, that got me here was, he says, and this is my covenant, verse 10, between me and you and your seed, every man child among you shall be circumcised. And you shall circumcise the flesh of the foreskin, and it be a, a token for the covenant between me and you. And he that's eight days old shall be circumcised, circumcised among you, every man child in your generation that is born in your house. I want you to catch that house. Are bought with money. Never caught that before. Even the ones in your house that's bought with money, the slaves. Uh-oh. And the strangers that's in your house. Every single one of them is to be circumcised, and they're in my covenant. See, that's the love of God. He didn't exclude anybody in the household. Do you know the New Testament is, is really a household salvation? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved, and your house. So everyone in his house was a part of that covenant, and all the seed after him. And he that's born in your house, and he that's bought with money, must need be circumcised, and my covenant shall be to you and your flesh, for a everlasting covenant. How long is that? Everlasting covenant. All right. Well, I want you to see about this covenant. You know, in chapter 18, it says, And the Lord, in verse 1, appeared to him in the plains of Mamre, as he set the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground. And said, My Lord, if I have found grace and favor in your sight, pass not away, I pray you, from me, your servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort your hearts. I like that. After that you shall pass on. For therefore are you come to your servant. And he said, So do as they had said. And Abraham hastened to the tent. And to Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran to the herd and fetched a calf, tender and good, and gave it to a young man, and he dressed it. 
And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set them before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. And they said unto him, where is Sarah your wife? And he said, behold, she's in the tent. And he says, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door and was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old, well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, Am I waxed old? Shall I have pleasure in my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Saying, Shall I of surety bear a child when I'm old? Is there anything too hard with the Lord? Catch that. Is there anything? At the time appointed, I will return unto you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying she laughed, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but, if you, but you did laugh. You know the thing that caught my attention about this? These men, I think one of them actually, even the footnote says it was a manifestation of the presence of Jesus in Jesus' form. He came as a man. And as they were going to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy it, and because of the covenant that God had made with Abraham, he says, should I go and destroy it without talking to Abraham because the covenant relationship that he had with Lot in that town? He said, I can't go do this unless I talk to Abraham about what I'm fixing to do. And because of that, you see what Abraham did when he said, I'm going to do this. And Abraham said to him, Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Preadventure that there be 50 righteous in the city. See, because of his covenant relationship with God, Abraham was interceding in behalf of Sodom and the ones there. He had a legal right to do that. And he said, Be it far from you to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked, the righteous should be, that the righteous should be as the wicked that be far from you. Shall not the judge of the whole earth do what's right? Can you imagine Abraham having the boldness to say that to him? Shall not the God of the whole earth do what's right? And the Lord said... If I find 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare the place for their sake. And Abraham sent, and you know, he went on, he, he kept pushing the card. How about if they're just 45? You know, then he go. how about 40? And then he goes down, how about 30? Well, how about 20? Well, how about 10? You see, he just kept pushing it. If I find 10 righteous, I'll spare it. And then we know the story of what happened to that. But because of that covenant relationship, he had a right to intercede in behalf of Sodom. And you think of Lot was in Abraham's house. That was his nephew. And you know, when Lot and, and, and Abraham was having contention and uh, the herdsmen, there wasn't enough grass for everyone. And Abraham said, Let, let's don't have this argument because we're brothers. You see the tie between Lot and Abraham because he couldn't destroy Sodom with his seed there. So the angels had to go and get him out of that city before it happened. And see, that's the picture of that. But if you, if you look at this, when God called Abraham out, he told him, leave your family. You, you go from them and go where I want you to go. Well, Abraham obeyed, but he didn't totally obey. He took his dad and he took Lot. And in the book of Acts, it says, after Abraham's daddy passed away, and after it says, Abraham said to Lot, 
You choose what you want. We're going to separate now. You choose what you want. You go the right and I'll go the left. It doesn't matter to me. You take your choice. And Lot took towards Sodom. The grass looked greener towards Sodom. And it says, after Lot separated himself from Abraham, God said to Abraham, now God could bless him after Lot was separated. He says, look to the north, the south, the east, and the west for all of it's yours. It's all yours. See, God didn't get mad at him, but Abraham didn't fully obey. He took his dad and Lot. And God couldn't let him have the blessing until he had fully obeyed. And so you see that. You can see the benefits of that covenant that he appealed to God based on his relationship with God. In Exodus chapter 2, when God heard the groanings of Israel, he said he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God sent Moses down to deliver the children of Israel because of that covenant's sake. And as long as Israel kept that covenant, there was not a sick Israeli among them. You know, when they said that they ate the whole lamb, they didn't eat part of it, they ate the whole lamb, says there was not a sick one among the millions. There was not a sick one among them. Not a feeble one among them. For 40 years, folks. That's the covenant promise. But when they sinned and broke the covenant, they were carried away into captivity into Babylon. They had sinned against the covenant. Then later God promised a new covenant. Now, let's look at the new covenant God promised in Jeremiah 31. We see in Jeremiah 31, verse 27. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and with the seed of the beast. And that's really uh, cattle. What he's saying, I'm going to bless the seed of man. I'm going to bless the seed of the animals. And it shall come to pass that like as I have watched over them to pluck up and break down and throw down and destroy and to afflict, so will I watch over them to build, to plant, saith the Lord. In those days they'll say no more, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. What's he talking about? Under this new covenant, the sins and iniquities of the fathers will not be passed down to the children to the third and fourth generation. He says everyone will die for his own sins. Not for his sins of his father or, or the father for the children. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eats sour grapes, his teeth but shall be set on the edge. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a, what kind of covenant? A new one. And it's everlasting. With the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in that day. I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke. Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. And you remember we talked a couple of weeks ago when I said, when it says after those days. See, we're living in those days. God made this covenant with Israel. Okay, but Israel, Jesus came to his own. His own didn't receive him. But as many as received him to them gave him power to be the sons of God. But if you look back, see, God even... Blessed the slaves and he blessed the strangers in the house of the covenant. So God's love was there after those days, saith the Lord. See, one of these days, their eyes is going to be open to this covenant that we're talking about right here. It's not going to be a different covenant. It's the same covenant that we're enjoying. It was actually made for them. Okay? 
and I will put my laws in their inward parts. See, the law is written on the heart of the old man. The new covenant is in the heart of the new man. But God said, this new covenant, I'll put my laws in their inward parts and write them in their hearts. And I'll be their God and they'll be my people. And they'll not teach no more every man his neighbor and everyone his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, saith the Lord. And I will forgive their iniquities and remember their sins. What? No more. By one offering, Jesus took care of sin, yes. singular, forever. Yes. Forever. Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun light for day, and an ordinance of the moon and the stars at night, which divide the sea and the waves there of war, the Lord of hosts his name. Now what he's saying, if the sun doesn't come up and the moon doesn't come up, then this covenant won't stand. As long as the sun comes up and the moon comes up, this covenant's in place. Amen. How sure is that? That's pretty good. Wow. He said, if the heavens can be measured and the foundations of the earth search out, then he would cast off. Is there anybody, even the scientists, are they able to measure what's out there? It's impossible. The bigger satellites they get, the more they realize it just keeps going on forever. It just keeps going on. When he created it, it didn't know when to quit, so it's just still going on. It's still going on. It's still creating. It's awesome. That's your father. With this covenant, he's made for us. But he promised a new covenant. You know, Jesus said, let's look in, in Luke chapter 21. Think of all the years God had to deal with man's sin under the law. Constantly dealing with sin every year. And all he could do was cover it. He couldn't take it away. And he got tired of dealing with sin. So he sent his son to deal with this. And in, in Luke chapter 22, I want read, to start reading about verse 14. And when the hour was come, he sat down with the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, With desire have I desired to eat this before I suffer. With great passion, he was saying, I am looking forward to establishing this new covenant. Isn't that awesome? And he says, For I say unto you, I will not eat any more thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks, take, divide it among yourselves. For I say, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. Catch that. Shall come. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup in the new covenant, the New Testament, in my blood which is shed for you. But behold, the, hem, the hand of him that betrayed me is with me on this table. Woo, glory. That's the new covenant that he established through Jesus Christ. The new covenant, I want you to get this. The new covenant is the center core of the love of God poured out for us. It's God's love poured out. The new covenant is God's love poured out toward us. He was tired of dealing with all of that. And his purpose, you know, if, if we really think about it, you look in 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 John. He said, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of the Father and his Son. Yes. The purpose of the covenant is for fellowship with the Father and Son. It's to walk in union and in a relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit now because the kingdom of God is not future. It's now. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost now. 
It wasn't for religion things. Say, someday we'll be up there in heaven with him. Well, happy day. See, that's now. It's union now. It's into him. He placed us into Christ now. That's what the purpose of the covenant is. Without an understanding of grace and the exchange life, whenever you're out from under this thinking and under the old thinking of the law, every thought of God brings anxiety. It brings anxiety. Why? Can we imagine living our life with someone that doesn't love us? You know, is, is always sitting there waiting, watching you for every little sin you commit and everything you do wrong? He's taking notes on everything you do. Are you excited about a relationship like that? That's religion. And you know, I wasn't raised in religion. But you know, when I got born again, I knew I got born again. But somehow that concept was still there. And they talk about Jesus coming any day now. I wasn't excited about Jesus coming. Because I wasn't sure that everything was going to be all right because I hadn't done enough yet. You heard me tell this. And I want to tell it again so I want to hear it again. My your dad, we was talking about my dad. He told the same old stories over and over and over and over. <laughs> God, 40 years. Oh, I bet he's wearing everybody out up there telling them the same old stories. But when I got born again, in this world, it was so used to, if you don't work, you don't get it's all performance-based in this world. I don't know if you know that or not. Religion and everything else in this world is based on performance. And I knew I was saved, but I knew that I had to do. I had to get work, and I had to study. You know, I studied hard, and Jenna. You know, I really neglected my kids and my wife. They'll tell you I did if you'll ask them, because I kept myself shut up reading the Bible every time I got off work till time for bed. Why was I doing that? Because I wanted to be a pleasing to the Father. Because I read that verse, 2 Timothy 2.15. says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I was doing my best to rightly divide the word of truth so I could please him. Sick. And I was sitting at Angie's house in Virginia, on a, out on the back porch overlooking the golf course. And I read that verse and he said, that ain't what it says. He says, it says study to see you already are approved. A workman has no need to be ashamed because you have rightly divided the word of truth. It like to blew me off the table. And I got the Greek and looked at it. And you know, he was right. I wasn't studying to become something. I was studying to see who I already are. I was and didn't realize it. And see, that's what religion, that's what this world of influence even though I wasn't raised in religion, the world had put it in me because you had to work to get. And I just knew that I had to, I had to do all these things. I praise, praise God for it, but most of the stuff I put in me as a, as a young Christian, my motive was totally wrong. It was more like Pharisees. But you know what? It became life to those that find it and health to all your flesh. So you keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life. 1 John 4, 7 through it said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. 
See, you can do that in the exchange life. We're in a, uh, the new covenant is a covenant of love, and the Holy Ghost is the one that comes to shed the love of God abroad in their hearts by the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you can't know the love of God. The Holy Spirit is God pursuing us in his passionate love for us, calling us into his covenant love of union with him, his Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're called into that union that we read about today in the coffee shop. God is love, and the original source of unconditional love is God. God doesn't have love. God is love. He is love. That is who he is. Agape love cannot be earned or deserved, for it springs from the living water of God's love poured out to us by the Holy Spirit. You know, if we were saved on the basis of our relationship with our works and performance, if that was true, you know, most of you that was here when the church started, old-time Pentecost and old assembly of God and all charismatics, all of us fell in the same category. We got saved by grace, but we were really being kept by our works. It was all based on your performance. Is that right, Jerry? That's right. And we even, and bless Morris's heart, he was raised under a church of God, which was worse than that. And that's why he'd tell you you need to fast, you need to pray, you need to pray eight hours a day. Quit your job and pray eight hours a day. Well, I'm afraid my family would get hungry if I did that. (laughs) That's what we were raised under. But in the midst of that, we were raised under, somebody put watch my knees, the normal Christian life in my hand, and sit, walk, and stand. So there was the conflict going on in me all the time. Jerry reminded me, I don't remember it. But one day I was preaching and Morris said, that sounds like greasy grace to me. Right, Jerry? He said he heard it. I don't remember that. But see, the conflict was coming. It was works righteousness apart from what Christ was doing. And it was a constant turmoil going on. It had been for years. And we're just now getting to the place where all those seeds are beginning to manifest of our identity of who we really are. And the enemy don't mind you Preaching the word, as long as it's legalistic word. As long as you're trying to save yourself. He don't mind it. But it can't be earned and it can't be deserved. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The gospel declares the incredible news that our relationship with him is not based on if and then, but on because and therefore. Let me say that again. Our relationship in the new covenant is not based on if you'll, and then it's based on because, therefore. We don't do what we do for something. We do something because of something he did. Your works are still important, but you do that because by grace you're saved through faith, and that faith is a gift of God. And he says, not of yourselves, but it's of him. For we are created in him to do good works, which God has before ordained that we should just walk in them naturally. Your works should flow naturally from your relationship of who you are. Not to become who you are. Mm. I done lost my page again. I want to go back to Jeremiah 31. I saw something there. It's incredible. This whole book's incredible. Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah 31, 1 says, At that same time, saith the Lord, 
will I be God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness. Do what? There's grace written right there. It's only found a couple of times through the scriptures there in that light. My people found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. Where did Eric go? Oh, he moved from rest to back there. You can stay there, Eric. When we, when we start church, you don't have to be religious. You can stay and rest. It's okay. That's what rest means. It means repose. It means recliner. Get the picture? That's what God did for you. If y'all want to get all these pews out of here and bring your recliner, I don't have a problem with that. Yes. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out. Says the Lord, now catch this, verse 3. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love. How long is that? What kind of love? Everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. You know, we've tried to make human love everlasting love. You know the problem with human love? It can turn to hatred overnight. Let me say that again. The best human love you can work up can turn into hatred overnight. But God's love is everlasting. With everlasting love have I loved you. Again, I will build you, and you will be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with tablets and go forth and dances of them. Okay, and it goes on, oh, man. Verse 6, And in that day the watchman upon the mount of Ephraim shall cry, Rise, and let us go into Zion unto the Lord our God. For thus saith the Lord, Sing for gladness, Jacob. Shout among the chief of the nations, Publish, O Lord, save the people, your remnant. Ah, thank you. Then he's going to bring them back from the north country, and they're going to, all of them is going to come back together. I ain't got time to read all that. And he goes on down, Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and, and hath transformed him. It says, uh, now I'm going to verse 12. One more. Therefore they shall come in the sing in the heights of Zion and shall flow together to the goodness of the Lord. Do you get that? They will flow together. What we call that? Union. For the wine, the oil, for the young of flocks, for the herd, for the soul. Their souls shall be as a watered garden. They're what? Souls shall be as a watered garden, and they shall not sorrow any more. What does that sound like? Everlasting life. That's the covenant. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance. Did he refer to them as all the virgins of Israel? See, one of the things we got to understand about this exchange life, there was Abram, old man. There's Abraham, new man, because of the new covenant. There's Sarai. There's Sarah, the new And when God looked at Israel from the new relationship, they were all virgins. You catch the exchange picture? See, that's what he's saying. Then shall the virgins rejoice in the dance, both young men and old men together. Woo! For I will turn their mourning into joy, and I will comfort them and make them rejoice from their sorrows. Make you rejoice. That's the exchange soul. Make you. And I will set the word satiate means to satisfy. 
the soul of the priest with fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. This is all in the old Bible here, guys. This is in Jeremiah. But this is what we're living in today. This is the new covenant that we've been given by the Father. We're in after those days now. We're in those days. You know this stuff, you know, a lot of you just staring at me. And you know why you're staring at me? You're saying, this just sounds too good to be true. But it is true. It is true. I don't care what it sounds like. It is true. Uh, This means his love was poured out from the foundation of the world without reference to our behavior, our works, good or bad. His love was poured out from the foundation of the world. Hosea 14.4 says, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. We are called into the existence by the love of God. Psalms 139 on these verses. Let me read them. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You have formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in your mother's, my mother's wombs. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows right well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secrets and skillfully wrought in the lower parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. It says every one of my days were written in your book before there was ever one of them. The day you fashioned me, as yet there was none of them. In Ecclesiastes we know that God has set eternity of the eternal love of, of the Father in every one of our hearts to search for it. The implanted Word of God. You know, when he says, I have drawn you, that's the Old Testament word. He said, I have drawn you, in Jeremiah 31 here. That word draw, you remember, is the same word in the New Testament. No one can come except the Father draw him. That word's drag. It means to pull you along. He's just not wooing you, kind of. He's dragging you. And there's heel marks all the way. That's the love of God. And it, it, Paul said it keeps you from flying apart. We're living by that implanted word in our heart. Nothing under the sun but God can satisfy it. That's why Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He did it for me. 1 John 4.16 says, We have known and believed that the love that God has for us Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of the Lord because as he is, so are we where now in this present world. There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. So you can't be in this kind of love relationship and live in fear. Fear in the relationship only comes from religion. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. That's why 366 times in the Bible it says, Fear not, for I am with you. I've redeemed you. I've called you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, they'll not overflow you. When the fire, it will not kindle upon you. Sound like a song we used to sing, doesn't it? You know how much of the word you put in your heart singing songs? They're all still there, aren't they? Thy word have you hid in your heart that you might not sin against him. That word is there. 
You know, I want to do something. Somebody asked me if I, they saw it done on TV, and they said, would you mind doing it? And I don't mind at all. I went to Muleshoe two or three weeks ago and did the Father's Blessing on a service over there. And uh, so I want you to stand, and I want to pronounce a blessing over you. I'm not going to pronounce it. You know, I'm going to speak a blessing over you, but you know what? It's already been blessed. You've already been blessed. I just want to remind you of what you already have. Hold hands with those around you because you're all part of the family and this is just, just grab somebody's hand. This is numbers when God told them, to, the priest, to put this upon, speak this on the, the children of Israel. Oh, yeah. Are you ready? Yes. The Father bless you and keep you. The Father make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Father lifts up his countenance unto you and gives you peace. And he says, and you shall put my name upon the, the children of Israel. Put my name, the name that's above every name, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And you know what the blessing of the Lord? It, only, it says, it, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and adds no sorrow to it. And I speak upon you all the blessings of Abraham. Because yes. Galatians chapter 3 says, Cursed is a man that hangs upon the tree. That the, Jesus did that for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon his children, all the children of Abraham, by faith in what Jesus has done for you. I speak the blessing of Abraham over all of you in the name of Jesus. And I bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And be blessed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus said to bless and not curse. All right, you're dismissed.